I gotta, Holy shit. I got to keep you on your toes. Yes, you did. <laughs> really did. And I definitely oh, clipped the you mic, definitely too. definitely clipped. After all that time trying to get it right, I definitely so fucked it up. so sorry for anyone wearing headphones. Yeah, whoopsie. Do- I'll lower Ooh. it. I'll okay. lower it. Okay. I'll still sound fucked up in the beginning. But all right. It's fine. <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know, we're working with like $35 mics. <laughs> like, it's fine. They sound how they sound, okay? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> We're doing Until our we best. we get paid to do this. Yes. Oh. oh, speaking of which, should we maybe mention that we've changed uh, oh, platforms? We our... have. Yes. We are now on Podbean. Yes, Podbean. Uh-ohfeeling.podbean.com. There we go. But I, we have a cute little page. Yeah. You can play every there. episode. It comes. It's in all order. on there. Everything's on there. Yeah. Except for whatever reason, now that I'm looking at this particular page, it took us to episode 21. Okay. Which is a long That's time weird. ago. We're going to make sure that everything's it's fine. fine. You know what? It's fine. It's, it's fine. the nastiest boys in town, which is uh, has Ted Bundy in it. So, hey, that's so maybe that's why. Yeah. Because <laughs> as I'm sure you know, the Ted Bundy documentary thing came out and yes. we're going to touch base on that next time because I are. haven't seen it yet. Yes. Um, we we do have to I make feel like I have to watch it with cats. So. Oh, I, I totally agreed. Please do. I feel like we have to make a small apology. Um, or we a big one. We did. <laughs> We're so sorry about how long it's taken us to get back we here. We were dying. We were. Before that, um, you were, I think you had like a migraine for I the did. whole week. I had a migraine for three days, mm-hmm. which sucked. And then we both got norovirus the right. following week. Yes. I had to be in Chicago and we both ended up on the same day getting the same illness when we were hours apart from each other. Yeah. And none of our other friends got sick. And I ended up <laughs> going to the ER. Monday after 10 o'clock and got fluids and medication. Yeah. And then some of the medication didn't work and I ended up back in the ER on Wednesday. I don't know if I told you, but the first time I started having like symptoms, (laughs) uh, we were in the lobby of uh, stage 773 and we had to go on in an hour. It was the Sunday show and it was the second show we were doing and I was just like, I don't feel feel good <laughs> so i'm like walking around backstage like don't shit yourself and don't puke like just don't do either it's of okay. those things mine started at 2 a.m oh that's not good i hate waking up and just like knowing it you was are like, so sick oh god yeah oh god i need to go throw up like this your body my uh, body woke um, you up because it was imminent yes <laughs> like, i hate it was like woo, woo, woo. <laughs> so yeah so we were really busy and sick the first week and then just really really fucking sick the second yeah. Week, like yeah. really goddamn sick it was, it was not fun no it was super not fun and then like this week has been a lot of catch up on things and we just decided we're gonna change the date of the podcast uh, we're just gonna do this on there was also now. a polar vortex oh my god that happened this week nobody could leave their houses for like three days because it yep. was like kill you if you're outside for too long so yeah that's kind of been our lives we're sorry uh but we're you know this is gonna drop on monday and, uh, Monday, Monday, gotta get, get out, out on Monday. Monday. I hated that. Um, <laughs> but after that, we're just going to continue with Mondays. Yeah. Which means we have like weekends that we can work. It works a lot better for our schedules because we're usually yes. super fucking busy during the week. <laughs> it's great. All right. The other thing we wanted to talk about because oh, we are yes. in Wisconsin. Yes. Is uh, this is a little bit old news now. We were going to talk about it when we were dying. Well, we were dying. (laughs) So uh, we want to just a quick shout out about Jamie Kloss. Yeah. She's the shit. Amazing. Yes. For anyone who hasn't heard about her, which I don't know how she was national um, news. Yeah. 
But she is a girl from like Northwest Wisconsin who was abducted. She was gone for like, uh, like a month. Over a month. Over a month. Like almost like two months. I want to say like. Like a ridiculous amount of yeah. time where like everyone assumed she was dead. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, and that's a shitty th- way to think. But once it gets out of a certain range. And you're there's like, no trace of her. There's right. nothing. Like, no one knows anything. Like you're you're looking for a body at that point. Yep. Um, and she turned up alive, having rescued her own damn self. Yeah. Gotten out of a dude's house. I think his name is James Patterson. Doesn't matter. He's an asshole. Yeah, he's a fucking dick. Jake Patterson. James Patterson is the guy who writes those shitty yes. novels. <laughs> yeah, this motherfucker Close. abducted her, um, kept her in his house or a house for a while. And she just like took an opportunity when he was gone one day and got the fuck out of there. And shouts to like the lady who was doing the dog walking who recognized her. her. Yes. And was like, oh, fuck. Right. Got her to somebody else's house. Yes. Shouts to those people. Locked down. Mm -hmm. Got their Wisconsin weapons out. Yeah, dude. Like waiting (laughs) for the Small town Wisconsin, (laughs) y'all. Like if this guy comes back, we're going to. He's dead. Murder him. Yeah. No, he was. (laughs) If he had shown up at that house trying to get her, he was dead. Yes. Yeah. There was a um, $25,000 reward out for any information that could recover Jamie. And they decided to give it to her in the end because, again. She saved herself. Yeah. Which is which, so cool. The Okay, so I got really Ooh. mad <laughs> at Spill the press it. conference. Spill it. <laughs> like we were watching it at work. Yeah, I was watching and it. And I on just Facebook. had a running commentary at work, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure my coworkers were getting really sick of me. <laughs> You had all these people like patting themselves on the back for a job well done and saving Jamie and like yeah. they work so hard on keeping her face in the press and like talking about how they saved her and it's like y'all and it really was person after person like different county sheriffs yeah. di- like the FBI like District all the attorney people. they had like one mention one of them was like Jamie's the real hero yeah. here but it was But wasn't- then after that it was just like well I don't know what to say I don't know how to like just I'm just, I'm so proud of us for doing this. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like right. you fucks. Like, you would not have found her. She saved herself, which that's been a lot of the coverage since then, which, which is, is good. good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, like, we just wanted to bring up Jamie because it she was did an amazing job. She did amazing. She has a lot to deal with now. Yes. And we're very proud of her. And so is, like, the whole damn state. Like, yeah. oh my God, everyone was her about Her road this. is going to be long, but she's got a lot of support. Yes. Seems like she's got a great family. Yeah. Her whole community is like really coming. Banding around her. Yes. It's wonderful. So we wish her the best of luck and we're very proud of her. Woo! Yes! So in keeping with our, like, we're not doing the Jamie Claus story because that would be really horrible. We don't have all the information for that Yeah, no. Like... But, like, regardless, it would feel very disrespectful yeah. to do something that just happened, like, right in our own backyards. Yeah. But we do have similar stories. We've got... We just realized as we sat here, like, we both did... People freeing themselves from kidnapping, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, the one thing I don't know is which one of us is going first. I was going to check and then I um, forgot. I think it's me. I would totally 100% believe that. I just don't even I think remember. I always go first in the true crimes. Oh, yeah. And then you... I go second in the non. Yes, that is yeah, correct. Because we, we did fire and ice. Yes. The volcano and the flesh-eating virus type yeah, of deal. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. There was water you involved. Are, <laughs> there was water involved. It was cold water. Yeah. It was, 
It was fine. I'm going to pour myself some more. Do you want yep. some more champ? We're drinking champ again, you guys. Don't worry about it. You know what? We didn't have it on New Year's, and then we yeah. both like almost died, and it's, I'm like, we need to celebrate not dying. It's our celebratory drink, and we decide what we're celebrating every time we have it, because fuck it. All right. All right. I'm excited to hear about this. <coughs> All right. Tell me a story, Emily. Okay. <laughs> so we know that you have your favorite little survival niche oh i mean sure i mean come on (laughs) (laughs) people stuck in caves or planes crashing into unfortunate situations really like people getting stuck yeah (laughs) yeah. truth 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 so i was gonna do a cult but it was it was 9 30 last night (laughs) you were like fuck this and i'd done a solid chunk of the research <clears throat> and I had an old episode of Critical Role playing in the background. Nice. Going back through the first campaign and crying a little. I'm going to need to do that. Oh, it hurts so much. Oh, babies. And I had a, a minor panic attack because I realized I had 44 pages of information to sort through oh, that I'd no. collected. Oh, my God. Um. So I said no because <laughs> it was no. 930 last night. Fuck this. And I'm like, I'm not going to. Nope, nope. So I started over. <laughs> I <laughs> saved those for later. Perf. And I'm happy to report these are, this is only seven pages single spaced, but down from 13. Nice. <clears throat> I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start with a quote. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, Emily. <laughs> For it's my listeners. favorite game. For new listeners, it's always terrible when Emily starts with a quote. This is bad, yes. <laughs> also, this is me accepting the fact that I have my own survival niche. Which is really fucked up true crime stuff, usually. <laughs> like, really, really, really fucked up true crime stuff. <laughs> she just flipped me off. <laughs> you almost make champagne go on my nose. <laughs> so today (laughs) Uh uh-huh the quote is i just realized i didn't even read the quote i just like skipped over the quote in my notes (laughs) amazed (laughs) i was determined not to die in that cellar i wanted to go out the same way i came in on my feet not in a bag dang bitch yes Mm. today we're going to talk about josephina rivera hello josephina because it is february 1st it is now Black History Month. Yeah. So I wanted to do an African-American survivor. Nice. Um, and she survived Gary Heidnick, who was a serial killer that was the inspiration for Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. That's why I've heard uh-huh. of him. Okay. I was like, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Okay. Uh-huh. Did she have to put the lotion on her skin? <laughs> or <laughs> Not, no. Oh, so you mean she got the hose? Also not no. Was she in a pit in a basement? Okay. Oh, so God. oh no. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Everything so, is horrible. So Josephina um was kidnapped in November of 1986 right before Thanksgiving. Oh man, she missed Thanksgiving? Yeah. Fuck. She had gotten into drugs at an early age. And by 25, she was working as a prostitute in downtown Philadelphia to maintain her habit. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Quote, I wish I hadn't gone out that night. 
I wanted to get clean for the sake of my kids. I had three children, and though the two youngest were in temporary foster care, the judge said if I stayed off drugs, I might get them back. Oh, man. So she's trying. She's trying. But it's it's a vicious fucking cycle. Oh, yeah, of course. Especially in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So she met our killer. He picked her up, took her back to his house to have sex. Oh, God. She said it was the first time she'd gone to someone's house rather than doing it in, like, an alley or a parking lot. Sure. Oh, God. Always scary. Yes. And she figured she'd be leaving when everything was done. But that was not the case. Um, Heidnick was 43 years old at the time. A high school dropout and self-ordained minister... You shouldn't be able to self-ordain. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. He had an apparent knack for making money in the stock market. And his little, like, church that he made, he made investments and, like, made back $500,000. Holy shit. Okay. Uh, weird. He had a history of sexual abuse and mental problems, a.k.a. he had a mail-order bride that he almost killed. Um, what? Yeah. Why isn't he in prison... Right now, right now. Because it was the 80s. Right then, right then. (laughs) Right then, right then. Because it was the 80s and she was an American. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah. She was from the Philippines. Oh, man. Poor girl. Yeah. Um, So he grabbed Josephina by the neck and choked her into unconsciousness. She woke up handcuffed to his bed. He took her down into his basement Uh, and shoved her into a hole he dug in the floor. Oh, there is a hole. There's definitely a hole. No. He then placed a board over the pit and secured it with dirt-filled trash bags. Oh, God. And she was the first of his victims. Within a couple weeks, Heidnick had lured uh, 24-year-old Sandra Lindsay who was a mentally handicapped sister of a former girlfriend of his. Oh, dang. Who was, like, living in an institution, and he checked her out. hmm And then took her into his basement. Oh, no. Around Christmas, because this fuck has a thing for holidays, I guess. And ruining them for people. 19-year-old Lisa Thomas became hostage number three, followed shortly thereafter by 23-year-old Deborah Dudley, and 18-year-old Jacqueline Askins. So he's just got five women mm-hmm. in a hole? The last victim. Six women 24 in a hole. 24-year-old Agnes Adams. God damn. Um, was pulled in like days before he was arrested. Oh, shit. And they were all African-American females. Oh, great. Yeah, great. Uh, quote from Josephina. Every day in that cellar was terrifying. After a while, he brought more girls in, and everyone went through the same routine of getting the shackles put on their ankles and then staying in the hole in the ground. Heidnik was unpredictable. We just never knew what to expect when he came down the stairs. So they went through hell. Mm-hmm. Um, they were sexually brutalized. They were forced to sleep on soiled mattresses, and they were chained to the sewer pipes. I mean, I can't imagine. So I'm sure you're asking yourself, why? Like, why the fuck is he kidnapping women and keeping them in a pit in his basement? I mean, that's always what I'm asking about any of these fucks who do any of this shit. So yes. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, quote from Heidnick. 
<clears throat> Wait, no, I don't want to. Oh, right. I want to have kids. Do the co- no. Do the voice. No. Do the fucking no. Buffalo Bill voice no. right now. No, <laughs> I fucking refuse. <laughs> Would you fuck me? Oh, God. <laughs> I'd fuck me. God damn it. <laughs> Listen, I already knew this was going to happen. I was expecting the lotion quote to come into play early in the game. So glad like, that I right could. after I said Buffalo Bill. Goddamn, did not disappoint. I didn't you. even put it in my notes because I'm like, you know what? <laughs> quote <clears throat> that I'm not doing in the voice, Taylor. Fuck <laughs> it, <Okay>, fine. <laughs> I wanted to have kids, lots of them. I got kids already, but the state keeps taking them o- taking them off of me. What the fuck? Well. I got a way now of having kids so nobody can take them away. What? You're just the start. You're going to have my baby down here, but not just you. I want to get 10 girls down here so you can all have my kids. Oh, my God. That's what he said to Josefino. He made a lady zoo so uh-huh. he can have a baby prison. Yeah. I'm so afraid. Yeah. That is the most fucked up reason I think I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, they're not... Because, okay... Usually these guys do this shit because they hate women. That's just, uh-huh. I mean, it's not, that's, I, we've been seeing a lot of that stuff about like Ted Bundy. It's like, don't romanticize him because he just like everybody else, he just hated women. He got women. fucked over by a woman and he decided right. to kill everyone who looked like her. He's not interesting. He's not a genius. He just fucking hates women. Yes. Most of them. This one is like, he probably hates women to be honest. He I probably mean, do. But yeah. he looks at them as like cattle. Baby makers. Yeah. Yes. It's gross. Yeah. Oh God. And I don't understand how, and this is the thing is like, you can obviously, um, the research said that he might've been schizophrenic as well, which again, schizophrenic people don't just go out and kill other people, but you add on top of that, a bunch of other shit and mental instabilities and previous like history of abuse in his own life. Mm -hmm. Like, man, never, never once did he think there might be a reason why the state takes away my children. Yes. No, so it was, clearly. the state is taking away my children. This is unacceptable. So I am just going to make kids that they can't take away. Right. Which, what did he, just secret kids? Yeah. Which means kids no one Basement knows about. Basement kids. Basement kids. Great. Yeah. So he was blaring <coughs> the radio 24-7 um, because he was worried that his victims might try and call out for help when he left the house. Uh, yeah, I yeah. would. Um, to make sure that they couldn't contact the outside world. And because he had figured out they could hear him coming, this is gross, y'all. Oh. This is gross. He jammed screwdrivers into his ears, into their ears until he saw blood. Oh, so he deafened all of them? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, permanently? Yeah. Oh, my God. Quote from Josefina. I still have problems with my hearing. Can't even hear myself talk sometimes because of what he did with the screwdrivers. It's just one of those things I still have with me. One of those things I'll always have with me. Holy shit. Here's the thing. Yeah. They didn't all survive. Oh, no. Most of them did. Mm-hmm. Because Josefina came through with a clutch play in the end. <laughs> There's yeah. a reason I'm talking about her and not the others. Sure. But two of them didn't. So Sandra Lindsay... Um, died of starvation, torture, and a fever after mm. Heidnik has suspended her from the ceiling by her wrists for two days. Oh, my God. And then he tried to force feed her bread, and she choked on it. Because, I mean, 
two days yeah. without food or water or anything. Like you're dehydrated and now you're getting and like now you're bread. getting carbs. And, yeah. Like it's just a glue inside yeah. your throat. So he dragged her up the stairs. Um, and then the victim soon heard an electric saw and quote, smelled a terrible smell. Oh no. Police came to the house due to complaints of a bad odor, but <laughs> left after Heidnick explained that he was cooking a roast and he fell asleep and it burnt. Okay, you can smell shit that's burned. Like, Human flesh has a very distinct smell. Well, especially when it's like captive people and dead bodies versus a burned beef roast. Because he, he realized that he couldn't dump the body. So he dismembered her, he boiled her head on the stove, oh. roasted her rib cage, oh. and then wrapped the rest of her limbs in sandwich bags and put it in the freezer labeled dog food. I, this is, nope, we're not done yet. This is still fucked up. Hold on. Oh, no. <laughs> he then started grinding up Sandra's remains and then mixing it in with dog food to feed to the people in the cellar. <gasps> no. Did they know? Like, as they were It was the same it? smell. Oh my god. Yeah. First of all. First, okay. There's like eight things. Uh-huh. There's so many things about that. Uh-huh. Why can't you dump the body? What what's wrong? People dump bodies all the, the 80s time. 80s in Philly, I guess. Oh fucking A, who cares? Like <laughs> get that shit. Get that shit out of your house. Why would cooking it be your first thought? Like what the, and then also the feet okay. The last thing. He got it from a movie. Oh, sure he fucking did. Called um, Eating Raul. Great. Yeah. Great. I wish he had watched, like, My Dinner with Andre instead. I'm really sad I have the name of the movie that inspired that him to do gross. that. That is gross. He might have been a different person if he fucking didn't watch that movie. I guess. Uh, but also, does he not realize that pregnant women, if they're going to carry to term, have to be, like, healthy? Like, you yeah. have to not no. torture them. He, no. He literally has no because idea. Because he also, like, at, like when he killed Sandra, he, like, he thought she was pregnant. And his comment was, what a waste of a baby. Oh, my God. I can't. What if those babies were female? Like, be, do, are he you going to feel about them? No. No, because they're yours? Yeah. Like, how, how can you separate that so much? I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know. Anyway, I know we're also, not supposed to like, understand. The, like, oops cannibalism in this. Like, yeah. I didn't know about it until I started doing the research. And then you were like, whoops, oops cannibalism. It's oops, in there. Oops cannibalism. Really there. And I'm like, oh, okay. This might be my true crime niche of Woof. oops cannibalism. <laughs> yeah, there it is. So this is, like, the third one I've done where someone boils a head. Yeah. Well, I mean... It's so specific. It really, it is a specific. It must be a thing that was like, that was a, a thing, a part of knowledge you that know, people had. You sure. can boil a head and make it not be a head. I don't know. I mean, okay, here's the thing, though. <laughs> Way back when, when I wanted to be a medical examiner. Oh, yeah. For like a year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then like, I don't know. And then things ew. happened. <laughs> I don't, oh no! I remember what happened. Drown, <laughs> drowning victims. I oh. was like, "Oh no! I can't Gross. do that! I Gross. can't do that! That's disgusting!" Yep. And bugs. I'm like, mm, mm. "Nope, nope." Okay, cool. Thanks. It's over. Decomp <laughs> is a no go for me. <laughs> Speaking from like an anthropological point of view, when you have a head and you need to do like a reconstruction, you boil the head to get everything off. Sure. Okay. So like, 
it is in the medical community a thing that happens. It takes all the flesh off the bones yeah. so you have the bones you, yeah. you can work with. Okay. But like usually they take the brain and everything out. Like they take all of the other stuff out so you're not just like oh, Cuz they're real scientists yeah. and not psychopaths. Yeah. They're trying so, to do a thing. Like <laughs> I get where they might have seen it, mm-hmm. but they don't do it right. Right. So serial killer tip number one. Uh, remove don't the fucking... Brain. Probably the eyeballs. <laughs> get that shit out of tongue. there before you boil. Yeah, tongue, ew. Yeah, you got to get that shit out of there before you boil that head. Y'all. Okay. We're here right. to help. No, we're not. <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> Sorry. So... Just for a timeline, Josefina was with Hyde Nick for four months. Oh, my God. And between the first kill and the next one, he had kind of promoted her, I guess. She was his... uh, Like his favorite. Oh, his bottom bitch. Yeah, of course. And he used her against the other girls. Oh, no. To the point where when another victim wasn't cooperating, he put her in the ditch, which had now been expanded to sleep three. He filled it with water, and then he made Josefina hold an exposed electrical wire to the chains until she died. Oh, my God. Yeah. Holy shit. And not only did he force her to assist in killing the victim... He also then made her sign a confession before he took her with him to dump the body in New Jersey. Wow. Wow, I can't imagine the first time you leave the house in months is to go dump a body he made you kill. Yeah. Like, God. Yeah. Ugh. And, like, she has a lot of guilt um, about I that. mean, of course. Yeah, it really, like, it... I mean, it is not In some of the interviews, it's like, she's still torn up about it. I believe, I mean, yeah, that would never leave. Like, she wanted to go to the funeral in the DA's office. Like, no, 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 no. Oh, poor babe. She has had no contact with, like, any of the other survivors or any of their families, like. See, and that's so sad, because, like, they were all each other had, too. Yeah, but he would, like, take her upstairs occasionally or, like, take her out on errands. And she was really, like, the only one who got to leave. Right. I could see why, like, seeing then, her would like, be bad. He'd come back being like, we had such a great day today. <sighs> and just, like, making them hate her. Great. To the point where, like, they did consider pressing charges against her as an accomplice. Wow. Which is I'm glad they didn't, like, awful. had well, to they see didn't. that, like, it. One of the, the detectives in the case was like, no, no, no. No, she did what she needed to do to survive. Yes. And like and, he's clearly doing this on purpose because otherwise they might band together. If yeah. they like each other too much, they band together against him. Yeah. He has to split them up in that way. Yeah. So here's a quote from Josephina. Um, Heidnick was lonely. That's the first thing I realized about him. That's why he wanted all those babies. After convincing him I was on his side, he gradually let me out of the chains and upstairs. He thought I was his partner. That's how I escaped. I had no idea what I was doing. I just went by my instincts and prayed to God for guidance. So, March 25th, 1987, Mm -hmm. he takes her out. She says she needs to, like, go get something. She calls 911. She, like, gets a block away from him, goes into a gas station, and calls 911. 
and tells them that she's being held hostage and like where they can come and get her. And then they pick her up and they see like all of the marks and the burnt, like everything on her uh, and the trauma. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we believe you. Yeah. You look like hell. And she didn't just say like, it was me. Like she told them about the other people. She told them where the house was, oh, wow. where Hyde Nick was sitting currently in his car they arrested him. Holy shit. Just still went, sitting in there? Yep. Wow. Went to his house. They found the three other women in the basement. They found the other body parts in the refrigerator because he still kept them. He's real smart. And they found the the electrocuted corpse. Mm. And she was able to tie that to him. So that was still... Just in there. Yeah. Just around. Great. Because they were in Philadelphia and he only took it to New Jersey. So like, she's like, hey, I can tell you the exact coordinates of where he dumped a body. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. So she gave a 27 page statement to the police. And you'd think like, that's the end. Like, I mean, this is where everything turns around and everything is great. Well, or at least better. No. Oh, no. Nope. Why? People at the trial and, like, after the trial were calling all of the survivors Alpo, which is the name of a dog food. <gasps> what? Yep. Why would they do that? And called them Heidnik girls. Why? I don't understand. Because like, people are cruel. We're usually not that terrible to victims, yeah. though. Like, yeah. Like, that of that kind yeah. of crime? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And Heidnik tried to say at his arraignment that the women were already in the house when he moved in. What the fuck ever, my dude? His oh lawyer God. tried for insanity. It didn't work out. <laughs> not only because there were literally living victims to testify to weird things like premeditation yeah right which insanity does not support Mm -hmm. but because he had managed to make so much money with his investments they got his financial advisor on the stand who was like no like he was actually a really good investor like he knew what he was doing and then she said the courts also then pit the survivors against each other like the defense attorney went after josephina and tried to be like, no, no, she's an accomplice. Look at what she did. Right. She's not a victim. She's playing it up on the stand. You can't believe her. Shit. Yeah. That's awful. And they like called her like the boss of the basement and that she like fed a sick mind. She's the reason why yes. he was caught in the first yep. place. Nope. So. Ugh. Yeah. Wow. People. No, people were not good to her. People had a lot of... And the media, like, latched on to Josefina because she says it, like, it made a sexier angle to the story. It's like, it's the late 80s, early 90s. Like, he looked like... There's a picture. He, like, looks like Rasputin, kind of. He's got a long beard and, like, scraggly hair. And just kind of looks like he doesn't die. <laughs> kind of looks like if you shot him, it wouldn't work. And then like you poison him, and then you beat the shit out. Like and then you throw him in a river, and like he's still okay. <laughs> and then he comes back with a bat, and, <laughs> and then it's like a, a Disney movie. He looks like he belongs in a Disney movie, but like he's the but, villain, like, the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> 
So gross. He was convicted to two counts of murder. And they just, okay, good. just two counts of murder. And we it didn't was throw enough. in the kidnapping? No, because with her testimony, with Josephina's testimony, he got the death penalty. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. There was no, there's no, he need. was executed in 1999. Like, that bitch is dead. He's, oh, good. There's no coming oh, back from that. Good. Ugh. So, she was upset that, like, people were so horrible to her. But, um, yeah. She still testified. She did her part. He got convicted. The district attorney's office, like, had to give them a clothing allowance because, like, they had money. They had no clothes. Like, they literally had, like, kind of torn shirts on them when they found them, and that was it. Wow. So, in order to testify, like, they needed clothes. It's like, yeah. You can't come to to court naked. Right. Like, Josephina didn't have much to begin with. And I'm sure most of the rest of them didn't either. Yeah. So they took his investments and split it up among the survivors. Oh, okay. So she had about $30,000. And she talked about how, like, they, they didn't know what to do with the survivors. Oh, God, Like, they yeah. just, they didn't know what to do with them. So there had been talks about putting them in mental hospitals. Ooh. That's no good. Because they'd been through so much trauma. Right. Like, like what they you... were all suffering from very severe PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was hounded a lot by the media to get her story. And she told it like a couple of times until she was like, nope, I, I can't. <sighs> yeah, I've done this enough. Yep. So when she got out and when the trial was over, she ended up just giving up her two younger children who were in the foster care system temporarily Mm. because she was not equipped to care for them at all. Yeah, I suppose. Um, Instead of seeking treatment, um, she began to self-medicate with drugs. She went back to general drugs. Oh no, that's bad. Um, Poor baby. Yeah. A quote from her. It didn't scare us straight. A lot of us went back up to Front Street, which was an open-air drug and prostitution market at that time. Um, I guess we just figured that this is the worst thing that could ever happen to us, so why not go back up there and make more money to get more drugs? I mean, yeah, I guess. Like, what do you have to fear anymore? No one is ever going to do anything to you that is even close to that. My time in the cellar changed me forever. I kept trying to go back to the person I was before Heidnik, but it simply wasn't possible. So she spent... A very long time dealing with the PTSD and trying to find something that worked for her. Mm-hmm. She moved from Philly to New Jersey to the shore to kind of get away from it all. Um, it's probably good to like, just not look at the same place as you were. Sure. And like she went back to where she'd been and she was just basically watching people overdose around her. Oh, that's upsetting. Yeah. So she left. She had someone that she'd been with for a while and a, like a committed relationship um she hadn't told him like i'm one of what happened to her like i think he knew something was wrong Mm -hmm. but not the full extent like she does and i'll get into it like she does tell him Mm, good um and in one of the interviews he's like we haven't told my parents yet her ties to everything like they don't know 
because she's just very private about it. Well, now. I mean, yeah, I would. I totally get that. Yeah. But a quote from her is, I'll pass by a hole where some workmen are digging up the road and I won't think anything of it at the time. But that night I'll get an overwhelming sense of panic because it's triggered an association. Or I could spot something as innocent as a screwdriver or a chain. Oh, God, yeah. These things are just ordinary, everyday objects to most people, but for me, they're enough to set off a depressive episode that lasts months. Um, she said sometimes she'll see a guy with a beard. She'll notice, like, generic food in the supermarket that kind of reminds her of, like, the cheap stuff that Heidnik fed them to right. keep them alive, if he fed them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the memories of eating dog food. Ugh like always come up when she buys food for her kitten oh yeah i mean like you have to go in that aisle aisle every time like how do you even live like everything is a trigger like yeah horrible uh she's she knows that this serial killer in the silence of the lambs was partially based on heidnik she's not seen the movie movie or read the books like it's not happening yeah in an interview from 2018, she said she can't hear Heidnik's voice anymore. Oh, good. But, like, the images are still, like, in her mind. Sure. That's, I mean, at least, like, time is at least helpful. Yeah. I imagine, I can't imagine, like, walking around the world and, like, hearing his voice in your head all the yeah. time still. Yeah. Like. And it's one of those things that's, like, rationally, she knows he's dead. Oh, yeah. But it's still, it's, it like, fucking four months of hell. Yeah. Like, you will never let go of that entirely. Yeah. She thinks he got off too easy. With the death penalty? Mm-hmm. She wanted him to rot? Yeah. That makes sense. She wanted him to suffer. Put him in a fucking hole. Exactly. Yeah. She wanted him in a room, being allowed out one hour of a day by himself. Solitary for 60 fucking years. every day for the rest of his life. Yeah. That's what she wanted. Um, understandable. <laughs> um, so she found the right therapist in 2010. Oh, Finally. Yeah. Oh my God, it's been a while. Yeah. Well, therapy's come a long way. Yes, it really has. <laughs> yeah. Like it really has, and like PTSD and non. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, related, especially situations. like even in the last few years, everyone's yeah, like, it's um, already gotten a lot of people have PTSD. Actually, <laughs> let's maybe like talk about it. Like, <laughs> I do. Yeah. Like, um, so, your <laughs> so 2010, she was also reunited with the children she'd given up for adoption. And that's really good. Built a relationship. She was in her early 40s at the time, but it was kind of like the other victims were so young that she like really like stepped up and saved the 18 and 21 year olds and the 24 year old so they could have a life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So as of 2018, she was a 53 year old grandmother of six. Nice. And was really close to all of her family. She lives near the sea in Atlantic City. Um, they don't have like a house. She lives in like a motel room because she doesn't want a lot of space. And mm-hmm. she apparently just keeps the door open like all the time. She wants to see everywhere yep. all the time. And she has music playing and she sleeps with the lights on still. But like it's her space. Right. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And she... Just married her long-term partner, Chris Lyle. Yay. So they just got married. That's so nice. She wrote a book called About- Seller Girl. Oh, shit. It's on Amazon. Oh, wow. It is available for purchase and has been clean off of drugs for a number of years. 
That's good. Um, so I'm going to close with a quote from her. Oh, hello. It is a constant struggle to deal with a normal life, but being by the sea has helped. There I am free and safe. For a long time I was haunted by Heidnik, by the women who died next to me, but not any longer. I hope I can inspire other victims to feel positive about the future. It's a part of me, and it's always going to be a part of me and my family. I've accepted that. Some people out there think it's all going to kick in any day now and that I'm going to be a basket case. Well, guess what? That's not going to happen. And then she, like, talks about, like, how she hopes her story can benefit a lot of girls who are working on the street. Sure, yeah. That, yes, you can make money, but, like, if it goes wrong, it can go very, very wrong. (laughs) Very wrong. And that this isn't the right life. And also, like... She, people, I am, I have to imagine, like, just think, you know, I, I will never dig myself out of this. Like, I, I'm on the street forever. This woman was on the street, got kidnapped, went through one of the most horrible things you could ever go through, went back on the street, and then still got out of it at some yeah. point. Like, she still made yep. it out. And Anybody she works. Can. Her husband works as well. She's that's a waitress. Great. Oh, nice. Oh, that's so great. I'm yeah. so glad. Good for her. Yeah, and she doesn't do that many interviews. So I would she keeps that. it like fucking locked down. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And she should do as much or not as much or as little as she wants to do, yeah. honestly. And in one of the interviews, like they talked to like one of her kids who were like, Yeah, we know like what happened and like we don't hold what happened against her for right. what we had to go through. So That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Cool I'm really happy them. she has a really good relationship with her kids Yay. and her grandkids and she got married. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Like she's really turned it around in a way. It that, took like, a very long time. Um yeah. yeah. But like that's the other thing. Like your life isn't over if you're thirty five and everything's not perfect. Yep. Like it took this woman decades. Yep. But like she still got there. She's yep. much better off. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Hell yeah, Josephina. Yeah. Proud of you, B. So that was my not cult. That was kind of a little bit of a cult because it was going to be like a baby cult. Yeah. But gross. he couldn't get it off the ground. He really fucked up. Uh, <laughs> but otherwise, um, yeah, pretty close there. That's so nasty, dude. Yeah. Just a hey, little. Let's do clinks. We haven't clinked. Ah, clinks. clinks. <laughs> well, mine's a little lighter, at <laughs> least. So um, there's that. Do you... um? Do you remember when we used to do like heavy episodes and light episodes? Yeah. We uh we mostly just do whatever we want now. <laughs> but sometimes it works out like that. Sometimes. Yeah. One of us fucks up somewhere down the road. I like to th- like for the most part the historical ones, that sort of thing is a little lighter because like sometimes people get lost in caves and then they all live. Sometimes though a hurricane hits a city and everyone dies, but like it's fine. <laughs> or you're chasing a whale <laughs> or you're chasing <laughs> a, a whale and you eat your friends and then you eat your friends <laughs> <laughs> look okay fine you're right blow a hole in my theory <laughs> a blow hole mm, like oh, on no, a whale no no i get it oh god <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know where you were going with that <laughs> um i almost went gross with it but then i decided not to thank you <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> um so nobody uh, wants to fuck a blow hole <laughs> Okay, no. there is somebody out there. <laughs> I know. You will never As I said it. it, I'm like, no, that's somebody's kink. Like, oh, that is somebody's kink. There is porn of it. Of course there I is. I am not Googling it. Rule 32. No, <laughs> fuck. Okay. Okay, I gotta go. I actually um, have... It's been really nice. 
<laughs> just talk to yourself in the void for like you know the what? next That's fine. 15 minutes. It's fine. fine. I do it all the time. It's fine. <laughs> you being here is actually like how isolated I've been for the last two weeks. I'm like, there's a person. Hey! I can talk to somebody. Oh my God. I feel that too. Cause yeah. cat is cat sitting and I've right. been home alone. Oh my God. Life. Um, so actually this is fun because in addition to sort of the general, um, like theme of our stuff that is in common survivors saving themselves. Yes. This also takes place in Philadelphia, <gasps> and my survivor is also African-American. Oh, shit! So we are just killing it right now. We didn't even talk about that. I, no, not at all. Not at all. Especially the Philly thing. I was like, shut the fuck up. Wow, Philly, really? I'm, really <laughs> I'm really glad our wavelengths are, like, back on track. I mean, I, for we a little bit there, we got sick together. <laughs> I was, you know what? The norovirus brought us back on track. Maybe we needed it. You know what? I'm not ready to say that yet, but, you know, maybe we I definitely it. did not need that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So background it is 2002 Ooh, fairly recent um and 2002 i'm not sure if you recall i will i will remind you was a good year for kidnapping so this is the year that a five-year-old girl named uh, samantha runnian was kidnapped and murdered in santa Ana, california this is the year that elizabeth smart 14 was uh, abducted in salt lake city okay this is the year that Jahi Turner, too, was kidnapped in San Diego. Alexis Patterson was abducted in Milwaukee and her body was never found. Yep, Danielle, I remember that one. Uh-huh. Danielle Van Dam was kidnapped and her body was dumped along the highway near San Diego. Um, so the early months of 2002 saw this string of like nationwide high-profile uh, kidnappings and murders all over the country. And everyone is like on their toes. Everyone's mm -hmm. like... It's it's we're worried about our children. Don't fucking go outside. Yep. Like that was a I big was year for that. Grade. Yes. And I was like, I was 12 and uh, I don't remember much of it. But I, I almost want to say we've done Elizabeth Smart. No. Have we not? I don't think so. Shit. We have not. Elizabeth Smart lived. So like. Technically, we could. We could. It's just it was so high profile. Yes. Like that's why I've stayed away from it. Yeah. That. I was going to say like either we have and, like, or there I mean, was just a documentary that came out yeah like, in the last couple of years and i think also like every time i look up stuff like this she's on the list yeah. of like these are the people who have survived kidnappings yeah. so erica pratt it's again it's 2002 it's a year mired in kidnappings erica pratt is a seven-year-old girl she lives with her grandmother in what you might consider like a rough neighborhood of philadelphia so many of the homes are that surround their home are like boarded up and abandoned uh, gang violence has plagued the area. There's like violence between yeah. like different drug dealers and Philly shit. Is. Philly was rough. Oof. Philly is rough. Is. <laughs> is. This is only 2002 too. So uh -huh. like, mm. um, Erica's neighborhood was actually a part of the safe streets initiative, uh, by the Philly police, which just means there's more popo. <laughs> like Doesn't that's what that really meant. fix anything. No, I mean, no, it just means usually more if arrests. It's an, yes. It, of, african-american people because it's always african-american communities and they don't trust the cops anyway and who are you helping like sorry why, why should we trust the cops mm -hmm. like honestly totally fair um so. my father was pulled over for driving while black yes. oh yeah uh -huh. yeah no hundo In white folks bay. i mean white fish bay <laughs> white <laughs> folks bay is honestly my favorite name ever yep. it's so right um, so uh, so there was a heightened police presence uh, and a bit of a, a crackdown. They were seeing a little bit of a resurgence in the neighborhood. Like people's houses were a little nicer, but like there's still a lot of trouble going on in the area. Yep. Um, Erica's family was by no means rich. 
at all. They're, they're working class. They're living in that neighborhood surrounded by people who are struggling. Um, but there was a rumor going around about her family Uh-oh. and a life insurance policy oh, that they might be receiving. So Erica's brother was killed in March of this year in a gang related shooting. Her uncle had also recently died. So like there was just a lot of rumors floating around that they might be receiving some sort of six figure financial windfall oh, from one of these deaths. Oh God. And like the family denies this straight out over and over and over again, but it's just a thing that was going it's just around. Just rumors. Yeah. That's all it takes. Right. And it's a whole neighborhood full of people who talk. So yeah. and people who need money. Right. Yeah. So like, if you hear about one family's about to get fucking loaded, you're like interested for mm-hmm. sure. So it's Monday, July 22nd, 2002. It's 9 p.m. Erica and her little sister, Nalia, five, were outside of their grandmother's home, like feet away. And another girl, this is a little bit mixed up, but what I'd read is that another girl, Rainy Bird, six years old, was from the neighborhood and also nearby. And they were outside because the street was having a block party, which is rad. So lots of neighbors are out. They're on their porches. They're talking. They're eating each other's like food, potluck, and all that shit. Yeah. It's a that sounds really cool, honestly. I, I have, love like, block parties, dude. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood really? where everybody likes each other enough to actually do that. Like it'd be oh. so cool. I've never had that. It means the people in they that neighborhood stick together yeah. enough. They pay attention to each other. The mm-hmm. the thing with our like. Because I did live in a neighborhood at one point that had block parties. That's so cool. And you knew you knew the people down the block. You knew, oh, they breed boxers. And then oh, sure. I know this family because I go to high school with their son. And, like, we know the neighbors across the street. And we know what's going on with the people behind us. Mm-hmm. And, like, you stand out in someone's driveway and talk for 20 yeah. minutes. Like, and you just kind of ping pong between people's yeah. houses. And everybody's yeah. got their house open to you. and yep. like Or their porch. And, like, yeah. that's so like cool. Like, the neighbor's across the street and up owned a bakery so they'd always have like baked goods and i knew their daughters awesome awesome (laughs) (laughs) so this block party is happening and erica and her sister and this other girl rainy are out on the corner on of 60th street and kinsessing yeah um when a buick pulls up alongside them oh no and someone says erica's name oh no from what we know Things happened very quickly. So the passenger door to the car is opened. A man grabs Erica, shoves her into the car, and the car speeds off. It's like a matter of seconds. Oh, God. And I read conflicting stuff about this. I do just want to say, this is a thing that happened in 2002, and I cannot tell you how much conflicting shit I read. I don't know why. No one has their fucking story straight. It's so annoying. Because it was like the beginning of... Of the Google era. <laughs> like, we all sucked at this, apparently. Yeah. Everything I read. And it's like reports, all of which happened within days of this, and they're none of them are correct. None of them are the same. It's so annoying. Anyway, so one of the reports says that Nalia, Erica's little sister, was there and unable to help. And when the car sped off, she sprinted down the street towards I her mean, family. She's five. She's five. And she is sprinting towards her family and her neighbors screaming, they took her away from me. They took her away from yeah, me. Yeah, she did what she needed to do. Oh, yes, she did I mean, a good job. What were they expecting her to do? Like Hulk out? And oh, yeah, nothing. Like, what? But, She's right. five. And especially with how fast everything she happened. She fucking ran and screamed for help. She right. did exactly what she was supposed to exactly. do. Exactly. But then I also read that six-year-old Rainy Bird tried to help. Like, Aww. was trying to, like, pull her back. But she got pushed to the ground. And then sure. they took Erica and left. And so... 
what I read was Rainey was the first person to tell Erica's grandmother that Erica was gone, but uh, Nalia was safe. So it's a little bit like who was actually a witness and who did what when is a little bit up in the air, but I'm choosing to believe that both these girls were around because they both have stories. Like this makes fucking sucks. I know it's horrible. So very brief. Edward Johnson, 29 and James Burns, 23 are two fuckwads. They're fucking dicks. Okay, cool. They're pieces of shit. They are garbage humans. They're in their twenties. And for whatever reason, they thought it would be just so sick to abduct a little girl and then extort her family for money. So I don't really know how these two men were aware of the Pratt family, but they clearly were because they knew Erica. Or it gets around. They said her name. Yes. Yep. And they call, so they call her by name. And then within 20 minutes of her abduction, they are calling her grandmother at home to ask for $150,000 ransom. Gotta love those phone books. Yeah, right. Exactly. Do you think like they might've called like a couple different brats before? Maybe. Maybe. But also it's 2002. Like, I, I guess the grandmother still might have been in the phone book. She it's was not probably like, in the phone book. Yeah. We were in the phone book in 2002. I guess. We yeah. still had a landline. Yeah. I mean, like, that was still in my house, too, I yep. guess. It's so fucked up. But anyway, stop stop putting your name in a book everyone can see. Kay. Stop it. Like, everything about you is Live in Live unregistered. <laughs> stop Go it. Go off the grid. Yeah, right. At least don't put your fucking address in there. Christ. But. Fucking white pages. For real. So, the night that Erica is kidnapped, um, Johnson had been the one to pull Erica in the car, and then Burns had done the driving. So they take her 12 miles away to an abandoned, what is called a row house, um, in North Philly, where they covered her eyes, bound her hands and feet, and left her in the basement. And then the two men left to be fucking fuckwad somewhere else, I guess. Uh, and they didn't return for over 24 hours. Oh, no. Now, it might have been longer. They might have not planned to come back at all until they had the money and were going to return her or until they just deemed it necessary to kill her. But we don't know that for sure. Because it took Erica Pratt, a seven-year-old girl, 24 hours to escape. Oh, <laughs> like, shit. Yeah. So, they had bound Erica's hands and feet with duct tape, which, ow, Oh, but not impossible to break through. No, right. And they also put duct tape over her fucking eyes. What's on her eyes is the duct tape. It's in her hair. Oh, God. Yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, ouch. So they left her there alone in the basement of this completely abandoned house, and she begins gnawing through Mm -hmm. her duct tape. It takes over her her mouth. Yes. That's what they fucked up. Dummies. But also, like, she's seven, and this is amazing. Like, it took her 24 hours using her fucking teeth to yeah. get through the tape on her hands and her feet. And she was able to partially pry away the tape across her eyes. Yeah, when they find her, there's tape in her hair still. Oh. Poor thing. So, the steps she took from here are hard to parse because, again... Seven. Seven, and, like, she would have to describe to them, and then also none of the news stories were the same. Yeah. So... Um, so from what I understand, Erica felt her way through the dark to the steps of the basement, gets up the steps, finds that the door is locked, but she was able to kick through some sort of like wood paneling and exit the basement. Yeah. Like she just like, boom, kicks a wood panel She's a aside. better seven year old than I was. Holy shit. Yeah. I don't even remember being seven. I was probably a piece of shit. But <laughs> anyway, so 
she gets out of the basement. Some of them, some of the reports were like, she's still in the basement. I don't think so. She gets out of the basement. She gets to a window, pushes the pane of glass out of the window and starts screaming for help. And like two teenage boys who are playing outside in the area, hear her. And I hate that these boys are unnamed. Like I could not find their names because they're fucking heroes. They're also underage. Yes. Yeah. I mean like maybe they weren't supposed to be named, but I was like, they should be recognized. They were like really like, hardcore about that in the early 2000s yeah you're underage you are not 18 we are not releasing your names in the news even though you were super fucking heroic right like because they are heroes they should be like known for that so they find erica they pull her out of the house through the window and then there's conflicting reports either they call the cops or there are cops on the street that they go and get physically um but either way they, they save do, her. They do the right thing. Right. She saves herself and then they and then help they her. And they assist. Yes. Um, so they Erica, get the bonus points for the assist. Exactly. Yeah. They she get gets the credit assist. for the kill. They get the assist. Exactly. Yeah. So Erica is taken to the children's hospital in Philly. She is largely unhurt, but they did have to cut the duct tape out of her hair. They said she was like crying because of the yeah. ouchies and yeah. her hair getting cut. Yeah. But then her... She's reunited with her family. Like, her grandmother comes in. Oh, no. Yeah. And, like, the quote from one of the nurses was, like, and then there was no more crying after that. Like, Aww. very happy. It was very like sweet. Very scary. Yes. Yeah, so scary. Oh, oh my God. God. She's seven. I can't, like, even stress this enough. So, let's see. So, she's reunited with her family. And based on Erica's testimony and the two other little girls, the police begin searching for two men associated with a white Buick with tinted windows and a broken latch over the gas tank. Crazy that anybody was able to identify all that. Um, I, like, hope they got that detail from, like, one of the kids. I know, like, Like, well, the six-year-old is like, well, their gas lag. She was, like, fucked it up. It was, like, <laughs> open and it was hitting. My daddy says you're not supposed to let that happen. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Like, I hope they got that from the Dude, six-year-old. me too. Like, what I have a no bomb-ass detail. I know, like, they're like, holy shit, are you serious? Yeah. Like, genius children. Yeah. <laughs> Johnson and Burns were eventually arrested, and Erica was able to positively ID both of the men in a lineup. They were convicted of kidnapping and extortion in 2003. From what I can tell, Erica was at the trial uh, where she was asked again to identify the men. And like there was one, the defense was arguing that she didn't recognize Burns. But then the prosecution was like, no, look, she doesn't want to look at him. Yeah. She just doesn't want to see him at all. She's like physically turning in her chair away from him. She knows him. She identified him before. So totally different things so all of that shit doesn't work and they are convicted good burn in hell exactly forever so this is a quote from police inspector william colarulo <laughs> i just like <laughs> i like how like every time you have to say something like specific that's a little weird you like lean to the side a little bit and you like tilt your head and you're like colarulo <laughs> he just oh. has like a cool name oh. <laughs> but he says I have 21 years in the police department and I have never seen this kind of heroic act of bravery committed by a seven-year-old. Erica was named Times Person of the Week in July 2002. Yeah. Saying her story served to remind the country, after all these other kidnappings, that not all abductions end in tears. And then Erica was also presented with the National Center of uh, Missing and Exploited Children's National Courage Award for her unyielding persistence and boldness. Aww. 
Isn't she so cute? I know, tiny baby. So the last thing I was able to find about her was from 2013. She did another short interview, but like the interview itself is not there. I was able to find like very uh, summarized versions of it, basically. So she was interviewed. She says that she was going to college and she hoped to become a veterinarian. Oh, yay. Isn't that cute? So yeah, that's Erica Pratt. She fucking killed it and we're all very proud. I don't know if I would have like kept my shit together as a seven year old. I don't know. Like it's so hard to tell because I mean, we've never been in like exactly that situation. So who knows? But the idea that like you're that young and you think through what you need to do like that and like just get it done is so impressive. That just like, like speaks to grandma. Yeah, dude. Well, and her mother was also in her life, I guess. Like, she'd been living with her grandma for about three years. So her mother's there. They don't know. Like, they never identified who her father was. It's probably just like a, the family's like, fuck you. I, we don't need to know who yeah. her father is. We like, got grandma. We are, yeah, we got grandma. <laughs> we got, we got mom, mom. We got grandma. We got sisters. It's like, fine. Cool. This is a family full of women eat our dicks. It's fine. <laughs> no, men allowed. <clears throat> but yeah, it seems like... Honestly, it seems like kind of a nice neighborhood. They all come together, and she has, like, a good family. So I I didn't hear that she had any, like, long-term trauma. Like, even for, like, as shitty of neighborhoods that, like, you can have, there are still really good people in those neighborhoods. That's why, like, I don't, I didn't want to just describe it as, like, it was a shit neighborhood. Yeah. Like, clearly it wasn't. People were friends, and they looked out for each other. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, very sweet, actually. Yeah. We're so it just like warms my heart. It's like lovely because when they were going through all of the kidnappings in the early two thousands, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of backlash on the news for only covering like the white victims. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So it's really nice to hear about like an African American yes. victim who was seven who got through it yes. and like who like was nationally recognized. Yes, because yeah. of her just like quick thinking and determination. Oh, so cool. Oh. So super cool. And also, yeah, like when with all of those going down and like almost nobody surviving any of those kidnappings, like just murder after murder, like to hear that a little girl lived is like so heartening and nice. Proud of you, B. I hope she became a veterinarian. I hope she she became a veterinarian. I wish I had something from like more recent. I really hope she did. Oh, man. Hell yeah. Good. Good for Josephina and good for Erica. Yeah. I'm just like real proud of women in this one. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck yeah, women. Killing it. Uh, Happy Black History Month. Yeah. It's Black History Month. (laughs) Go learn something new. Go learn something crazy. Yes. And actually, I think I have my survivor. Nice. I just thought of it because it's a dude that like we really should make a movie for him. Oh, fuck yeah. Fucking insane. Oh my God. Awesome. I might need to rethink my thought because like I didn't even think about. Uh Uh-huh. The one I have in mind, I don't know if there were any African-American people involved because it's like, that's some white people shit. Like, Uh. the stuff they went and did and got stuck doing is some white people shit. So, like, (laughs) oh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to double check. I mean, I'm not going to be mad at you, but, like, (laughs) just a little disappointed. Sure. No, and I do. I should look up another African-American survivor because that'd be really cool. Yeah. All right. Here's your... Black History Month fact. Ooh, 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 ooh. I guess I'm do this now. Congratulations. Yes. Happy February. Yay. The first black female stand-up comedian who, like, paved the way 
like for women in stand-up comedy was Moms Mabley. Oh shit. 1930s. Nice. She was the first woman comedian to perform stand-up at the Apollo Theater. Oh my god. Big yeah. deal. Very big deal. Oh, I want to hear her stand up so much. And then in 1962, she performed at Carnegie Hall for the first time. Whoa. Which gained her a white audience. Remember? Segregation. Yeah. And allowed her the chance to appear on television. Wow. Yeah. Dang, Moms Mabley. Yeah. Good for you. There you go. I do wonder if any recordings of her exist. Probably. that would be amazing. Uh, the Carnegie Hall, it says what's televised. Oh, shit. So, oh, it's got to be out there somewhere. Yeah. <gasps> That'd be so interesting. Yeah. Oh, let's and try to find Liz, it. Liz said there was a documentary that was just released about her. <gasps> okay. Well, we're going to have to look into that. Yeah. That sounds fucking cool. So there you go. Yay. Awesome. Well, thank you guys once again for joining us. Sorry for the delay. Sorry for the delay. We love you very much. We Thanks appreciate your patience. Sticking around. Yes. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess what should we... You know what should we leave off on? Um, um, oh, oh, you know what? Mm. I think, I think I have a little bit of advice for everyone that they might like. Uh huh. Uh huh. I think, I think, I think I got a dip, dip potato chip. I got a pee. Ah! I got a tinkle outside that binkle, yo. <laughs> okay, but do not forget your can of water, though. But is I'm what be I meant. Like tinkling no, into a can of water. No, it's a toilet is not a can of water. It's what a are very you talking large about? Can of water. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>